today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Our charge under the government is submit, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Really, the literal translation of that verse is be subject for the Lord's sake to every creature. That's the literal translation, every creature, meaning people who are governing authorities. And I love the word creature because it it identifies them as under God, they're just creatures, but submit to all of them who are over you in authority. Open God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Open God, he's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. Today, Pastor Ricky will be explaining how we as Christians are commanded to submit to the governing authorities that have been placed over us. People in general don't like the word submission last thing they want to do is submit to authority. As believers, we're called to follow the example of Jesus and the Lord practiced humility by submitting himself under the authority of the Father. The only time we don't submit to authority is when we're asked to do something contrary to God's word. Now, let's join Pastor Ricky for part one of his message entitled, God and Government. We're going to spend about 40 minutes talking about the two main things that you are never supposed to bring up in polite conversation in America, which are politics and religion. Right, so what would be better than a religious message about politics? It's gonna be great. Now, I remember being 18 years old and being really excited to vote. I I thought, thought, um, I'm gonna go into the voting booth I'd never really been into a voting booth, so I didn't really know what to expect, but I assumed there would be kind of freedom in the air, which I'm assuming smells like, like vaguely like gunpowder and apple pie, right? <laughs> you just breathe it in. Ah. And I remember it just, it was like, there's a folding table where somebody gives you a card and you bring your ID. And I thought, shouldn't there be some sort of process, some sort of speech, some sort of animatronic Abraham Lincoln, welcome citizen. Like, there's nothing. It's a card table. And then there's a booth. And so I, okay, I take the thing, go over to the booth, put it in. And I realize suddenly and horribly that I knew about 20% of the people on the ballot. And I didn't know anything about the ballot initiatives. I had like two people I was planning to vote for or against or whatever. And then there's random people like the comptroller. And I was like, we elect the comptroller? What does the comptroller do? Why isn't there someone here to explain the comptroller to me? They're trusting me to cast a ballot for something that I know nothing about at age 18 related to our national finances? Like, this is not, this is not a good idea. So I walked out of there, got my I voted sticker, felt good, but couldn't really decide whether the world was more free after me going in there and voting than coming out, right? And then uh, I received an unhappy surprise. This is my second experience with the government. Um, The next April, when I realized that I filed my taxes and unbeknownst to me, um, money had been taken out of my paycheck for the whole year. Now, the good news is I didn't owe anything, but the bad news was suddenly and horribly, the government had been extracting money from me, right? So I didn't know how to feel about that. 
on the one hand, good news, you don't know any more than he already took from you, right? And I felt like at age 18, welcome to citizenship, right? <laughs> welcome to citizenship. Today we're going to be talking about how we can use this privilege and this responsibility that we all have to glorify God. Um, I'm going to make two qualifications up front. The first one is this. We cannot cover everything the Bible says about government today. We will be covering what 1 Peter 2 says about the government today, okay? At the end of this, you will say, wait, you didn't cover blank. I guarantee you, okay? It's just gonna happen, so just be prepared. We're covering 1 Peter 2. There are other passages you should check out. Romans 13 uh, is another key passage, but we're gonna be covering this passage. Qualification two, um, I will be aiming as much as humanly possible not to be distractingly, distractingly political in this message regarding my own political views. Um, we at Cross of Grace Church believe, we as elders strongly believe that the pulpit is a place to proclaim the word of God. Uh, and we want to preserve that function. And insofar as the word of God exerts force on our citizenship in America, we're going to clearly explain that. But this is not a place um, to necessarily discuss a smaller versus larger military. Uh, it's not the place to discuss this tax plan versus that other tax plan in detail. This is a place to unpack and be subject to the word of God. So with that in mind, we're gonna read 1 Peter chapter two, beginning in verse 13. 1 Peter chapter two, verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now, before we get to the big idea today, I want to review very briefly where we are in the letter of 1 Peter, because this is crucial. Um, we believe as a church in, in walking passage by passage through books of the Bible because we want to, one of the reasons we do that is we want to subject ourselves to passages that we don't normally like or gravitate to or treasure up in our quiet time. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never treasured up 1 Peter 2, 13 in my quiet time, right? That's not on a coffee mug. There's the, you know, be still and know that I am God. There's no be subject for the Lord's sake to the emperor mug, right? At least that I've seen. But Peter is walking through what it looks like to proclaim Christ in the world around us. Um, 
the people that Peter is writing to are a minority in their culture and they're feeling social pressure from the world around them. They're being, there's kind of low level persecution, not beatings, not martyrdom, but, but social pressure um, coming against them. And so he lays out in 1 Peter 2 that we are here, we are here as Christians to proclaim the excellencies of God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But then, this is what I love about Peter, he gets really practical. We can be, okay, let's proclaim Jesus. And he goes, okay, let's do that. And he walks through some areas. How do you proclaim Jesus in your holiness and purity? How do you proclaim Jesus in your response to the government? How do you proclaim Jesus in your workplace? How do you proclaim Jesus in your marriage? How do you proclaim Jesus in suffering? These are the practical applications of what it means to proclaim Jesus. And so the big idea today is simple. We submit to government under Christ to proclaim Christ. Remember, the, the, the goal is proclaiming Jesus. So we submit to the government under Christ to proclaim Christ. And you may have not considered this. This was a surprising application for me. What we're going to see today is that governmental authority is from God, and yet it is under God. God is the one we ultimately submit to, but we submit to him by submitting to the government. And this submission has a purpose. The purpose is gospel witness and gospel proclamation. And so we're going to receive two charges today, and we're going to, at the end, talk about the one purpose for following those two charges. So the first charge is simple. Our charge under the government is submit. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Really, the literal translation of that verse is be subject for the Lord's sake to every creature. That's the literal translation, every creature, meaning people who are governing authorities. And I love the word creature because it, it identifies them as under God. They're just creatures but submit to all of them who are over you in authority. And that word governors, that means just any, any government official. So our call is to be subject or to submit. Now, the phrase be subject is some, sometimes translated as um, to give deference or to give respect. That's kind of the idea of, okay, yes, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna kind of lean in but it doesn't necessarily carry the weight of this. Um, this is an uncomfortable phrase for us as Americans, right? We're, we're all about freedom, right? Uh, and Texans are doubly so, right? I mean, I understand the audience in front of me here. Not only are you Americans, the freest of all free peoples, you are Texans, which are the freest of all the freest of all the free peoples, right? <laughs> Somebody said amen, that's awesome. But this phrase, be subject, literally means willing obedience. It includes both an inclination toward the authority figure and doing what they say, and a willingness to, to obey and carry out what they're asking you to do. It's the same idea in the New Testament of Jesus submitting to his parents. It's the same idea of Christ submitting to the church. It's the same idea of younger people submitting to the elders in the faith. It means you obey. This applies both with big national politics as well as the very basic daily life kind of stuff. It does apply on a big national level to the president, to the federal government, to these 
kind of high up representative elected officials. But most of the laws that affect our lives are on the most basic local level. This word governors really just means any government official from, from kind of the, the, the Roman gover, governor like Pontius Pilate all the way down to like a tax collector. Here's what this means. It means you suck it up and wait for four hours at the DMV. It means if the sign says no parking, you don't do it. <laughs> it means if there's a fee to pay, you pay it. It means if there's a legal hoop to jump through, you jump through it. Peter doesn't really provide any qualifications at this point. He just says, be subject. Willingly obey the authorities over you. Now, the passage does not qualify when and where to obey the government, which is remarkable. The emphasis is default, do it. Okay? As a Texan Americans, our default is... Like, not to do it, right? <laughs> like, here's a law. I'm not going to obey that, right? We're like, lean out. Peter says, no, no, no. Lean in. Be subject. Now, there's an implication here that you should never obey the government over Christ. In other words, if Christ has commanded you to do something and the government commands you to do the opposite, you obey Christ, not the government, okay? Um, it cannot, you cannot, it says right here, be subject for the Lord's sake. And so you can't do something for the Lord's sake. That is a violation of what God has told you to do. But there is plenty of freedom under that that God has kind of not spoken into. How wide should parking spaces be? Should we have this city government, strong mayoral government, or strong city council government? There's just not, there's not a ton of scriptural data on that. So the point is that, that whenever it is not an issue of sin, we are to submit and obey. We might not like the policy or the law. We might think it's silly or inefficient or not particularly fair, but we are to submit to the governing authorities. Now, you may submit, you may have a question at this point, which is, well, what if the government isn't good? Say for a fact that your taxes, you know your taxes are gonna be used wastefully and inefficiently on a project that will not help anyone, which never happens in the government. But just hypothetically, imagine that there is a project that gets selected, vetted, taxes are going to it, you think that's not gonna help anyone. Or take an extreme example. Say you're living in Mexico. Say there is a corrupt government official. Say your taxes would go to ex-corrupt government official. Now, I want you to understand something, though, about Peter. Because our temptation right here is to go, Peter, you don't understand. You don't understand the world I'm living in. And this is where Peter would gently, kindly, but firmly take us and say, no, friends, you don't understand the world that I'm living in. Peter, when he speaks about the emperor, if this letter is kind of dated correctly in the 50s and 60s AD, he is talking about Nero. This is the same Nero that a few years from the writing of this letter, when a fire is started in Rome, Nero will blame the Christians and will do evil and unspeakable things to them. They will be wrapped in animal skins and fed to lions. They will be crucified and set on fire. And these things are not yet happening when Peter writes this, but that's where things are going. It's very likely that Peter himself will be executed by the emperor that he is writing about in this passage. And think about this. 
when he says submit to governors, think about who the most well-known governor is in the New Testament. Pontius Pilate, the one who allowed Jesus to be killed even though he knew he was innocent. And Peter, in this context, writes and says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors. And further, at the end of this passage, our attitude is addressed when Peter says we are to honor the emperor. Um, Not just sort of a, a begrudging external obedience, but an internal posture. Romans 13, 7 says that we are to give taxes to whom they are owed, respect to whom it is owed, honor to whom it is owed. Doesn't mean we glorify things that are not honorable, but we see that position and we hold it with the deference with which it demands because it has been set in place by God. See, the reason Peter says to to do this is not that the government's always right or always perfect or always makes the best decisions. Peter says we are to submit for the Lord's sake. In, In fact, he's not even calling you to submit for the sake of the government, but for the Lord's sake. They are sent by him. Romans 13, 1 says this, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So the same God who upholds the stars and the tectonic plates upholds the government. Now, though, what about, this is an objection, what about evil governments? Well, we see the purpose of government being here is to at least partially restrain evil and to encourage good. Uh, When governments or governing agents depart from this, they are not fulfilling God's design. They and the people leading those things will be accountable to God. They will be judged. No one, listen, no corrupt government official gets away with anything. God will hold everyone with authority accountable in eternity. But in this world, even corrupt and evil governments can and, can and are used by God to restrain, for example, murderers from running rampant. Even a corrupt government official who, who looks the other way and receives bribes, even then, those can be used by God even then to restrain the worst kinds of evil. And even through their evil, sometimes God accomplishes good purposes. God used a weak governor Pontius Pilate to send Jesus to the cross to accomplish the salvation of the world. Some of the persecution in the first century only served to to kind of spread and advance Christianity. When, When people saw the Christians stand for their faith, even to the point of death, it caused a reaction in the first century culture where people said, this must be real. That guy must really not be dead. Something is going on with these Christians. So when we obey authority, we are not obeying for the sake of that authority ultimately. We submit to the authorities that God has placed in our lives for God's sake. That's the first charge. The second charge is this. Our charge in government is to punish evil and encourage good. Now, 
This second charge is in many ways unique to us and was not present for the people that Peter was originally writing to. Now notice though that Peter says what the government should do. It says governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So it doesn't give specifics of how big the government should be or what kind of government there should be, but whatever it is and whatever it does, it's supposed to punish evil and to praise good. So translate that to our context in the the, the 21st century American context. We are stewards under God of some governing authority. This is unique about us versus the people in 1 Peter we have the unique privilege of actually being involved in our government. To some extent, we are governors, in a sense. We vote officials into national office and city government and school government. We have legal recourse to change things in our government. And so we have to receive this as a charge that insofar as it relates to our part in governing, we should seek to exercise that role to punish evil and to encourage and promote good. Now this requires several things. It requires you to be aware of your role in governing, your duties, your responsibilities. It requires you to, when possible, to exercise your rights, such as voting, where you play a governmental function. Um, You can advocate for and promote policies, both, both formally and informally, such as gathering a petition or calling your congressman. And we all at different times in our lives exercise specific functions uh, when we're chosen or elected to things, such as everybody's favorite jury duty, right? This is a charge for anyone that ever is sitting in a holding queue waiting to go in and judge something. The charge is this, restrain evil, promote good. It applies if you're voted into school board. It applies, it, it applies if you're voted into local government. Um, our church has a kind of a disproportionate number of folks that are on some level employed by the government, right? We have a number of soldiers and their families. We have a number of government, uh, kind of federal government officials. We have a number of even kind of on the local level, like school teachers. And so the charge is for you as well. In, In terms of you playing a role in the government of the United States of America, receive this charge, restrain evil, promote what is good. Don't look the other way when evil occurs. Don't leave good things undone. You you receive this charge as a Christian and as a citizen. We are to hold back evil and to promote good. Here's a couple examples. Um, I was grieved to hear about, I was reading an article in the El Paso Times about how there is human trafficking that goes through El Paso. A lot of times they're not even kind of staying in El Paso, but they're coming through Mexico or from some other place through El Paso to another place. Um, And they wanted citizens to be aware. Friends, as citizens, we should see that and it should grieve us. And we should receive this charge in 1 Peter that we are to restrain evil. Hoping God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. First Peter is one of those hard-hitting books in the Bible intended to shake us to the core. 
In this series, Pastor Ricky will be sharing messages entitled The Countercultural Christian Community and The Time is Short and many more. Each one of these messages will bring insight into specific areas in the Christian life. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcanta of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website at www.betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, the number to call is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to walk in obedience to Him by being a part of the body of believers, please join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. Music heard here on Better News Radio is courtesy of Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from his series in the book of 1 Peter next time on Better News Radio. Open.